Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Stelter. I love it when those Irish guys come into my office and get ready to play for the show. It makes my whole week. How are you, Stacey? I know. Good morning, John. I'm I'm doing well. And I would agree. The the, the Irish uh jig definitely get their morning started a little bit better on Thursday morning. So I know we had thought about changing up the group coming in and, and doing something different, but I I think it you know, we all need a little bit of a brighter morning sometimes. <laughs> Yep. So, how are you? What's the weather like in beautiful North Carolina? Well, the weather's still hot, but it's sunny, so I'll take that. And, you know, it's starting to cool down a bit. At least in the mornings, it's in the 60s and 70s. Um, It's still getting up to 90s in the afternoon, but we are getting some cooler evenings, so that's nice. And I was in Baltimore yesterday, and... So that was sort of nice to get a little bit of a, a break from the heat there. It's still hot, but not as hot. And uh, spent the day well, what um, talking. What um, I had an, an organization, um, a, a possible, you know, client of the organization that I work with who uh, was just interested in talking about the research. And so from time to time, we get those kind of requests. And it was a, a quick sort of a flight in and out. And uh they're an organization that's just gone through new CEO, new HR, new um, uh, divesting some of their their uh, organizations, and they're just trying to rethink their HR approach and their HR technology strategy. And so our research tends to fall into that space. Um, so they just asked if they could have a conversation. So it was, it was a fun day. It's nice sometimes when you just get to chat about the things that you're working on at, at a more granular level with people who are dealing with it on a day-to-day basis. So that was a fun day. So. You, know, you know, I was, I was a, an engineer for almost 20 years, and my office was at the foot of the, at the, foot of the runway at BWI where yeah. you flew in and out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's all stopping grounds for me. Yeah, it's, you know, I really, I know I, did, I I haven't gone to Baltimore a ton, but I had a couple clients up there, you know, years ago. And so it was nice to go back into the, the BWI. It's not a huge airport, so it's, it's it's sort of a nicely, you can get around it fairly easy. And, and the city of Baltimore is, is a fairly walkable city. So it was nice to get back there. And, um, you know, I got to meet up with a couple of old friends that I haven't seen for a while. And they've got nice museums in the area. And good conversation. So yeah, Baltimore's a, a nice place if you get a chance to spend some time. Cool. So what's in the mailbag? Oh, hold on. How's the research coming? Well, the research is going really, really well. We um, we have have now analyzed all of the sort of big um, areas. Um, that takes quite a bit of time to get through all of the the vendor user experience and uh, satisfaction data and the uh, work around the um, adoption levels for each of the HR technology areas that we cover. And so that has been, you know, the biggest um, push to get all of that done this week. We were able to get that done. And um, what we're finding is, is, is interesting. You know, there, there'll be some fun stuff to share at the HR tech conference this year. Um, you know, I think we're finally starting to see the market sort of open up a little bit and just a little bit of change from what we've seen. The the big story isn't cloud movement this year. So it's there's other things going on and that's kind of fun to start to see things open up a bit. So That's great. You know, I I'm I'm getting so excited about going to the HR tech conference in September this year. Um the intro to AI session that I'm doing, I'm gonna to get to do twice because there's so much demand for it. Um, and 
as I'm putting together, there, there are five individual sessions overall in the AI track from bias and ethics to uh, companies you need to pay attention to, to intro, to um, um, how you do evaluation and implementation. And um, as those sessions are starting to come together, the stuff is going great. I, I, I'm just as excited as I can be about that. Oh, and I'm going to have a book to sign. I, I, I managed to figure out how to uh, put an AI book together, and there'll be a, um, a book signing. Well, I will be first in line, John. That is very exciting. A book. Um, it's about time you get a book out there with your name on it. I mean, you've been telling the market about artificial intelligence, I think, before anybody even knew what the heck it was. So <laughs> it'll be good to see. Is it, what's, what's the name of the book going to be? Um, Into the Maze. Into the maze, the emergence of intelligent technology in HR. Very, very cool. Well, uh, we will 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 be in line, uh, making sure everybody's aware of where your book signing is at and what time it is. We should definitely, once we get close to HR Tech, um, give people all those details so they can put it on their calendar. Um, maybe yeah, I'm you'll sure, come. I'm sure the lines will be around the block. Hey, hey, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your book will be quite interesting, you know? Who knows? Maybe someday we'll all get to say we knew John went, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm and, old enough, so that time is coming. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's not, that's not what I was talking about, but okay. <laughs> um, so, what's in the mailbag? Well, it seems like the venture capitalists have just been really busy this last couple of weeks. I mean, I know that they tend to always get busy in the fall, but um, this week, for some reason, it seems like everybody came out of the woodworks doing investments. So we have a lot of investment uh, news, and we also have uh, some, some interesting new um, products that are sort of coming to the space that's worth talking about. So we have Clear Company that got $60 million from an equity investment this uh, week. We also got SGE um, uh, investing in $50 million in Perk Spot. Um, it's not all the same things. We also got $7 million in Mequilibrium. Um, iSIMS um, also got um, an investment this week and um, from their, uh, from Vista Equity Partners as well. So we've got quite a few of large investments. And then we also have an interesting new thing coming to the market that's worth probably having a chat about called the Universal Recognition Token, the first rewards marketplace using blockchain. So if we have some time to chat about that this afternoon, it'll probably be fun. But we should probably start talking about all this um, investment. Um, so so two you know, talent acquisition organizations got big investment money this week. Um, ISEMS, this is sort of an interesting one because it, it made a bit more news. The Vista Equity Partners investing in ISIMS. Um, and the focus, it sounds like, is to accelerate their next phase of growth. So it's not a purchase. It's just an investment at this point. Uh, what do you think about all this equity partner investing? Is this normal, just you know, regular fall you know, business, or do you think something else is going on? Oh, you, you know, the market, the market is very, very hot, and the, the um, investors are looking for places to put things. Um, Vista Equity Partners um, is, they call themselves a value-added investor contributing professional expertise and multi-level support towards the company's <laughs> realization of their full potential. 
which to me sounds like um, um, a, a private equity company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and private equity companies are, you, you know, that what, what a private equity company is, it, is it takes a stake. It essentially buys a company um, because it believes its assets are undervalued. And then there's a five or six year game plan for the company to meet its potential. Um, and the founders um, who sell get two or three years before um, the equity partners step in and try to turbocharge things. And it looks like two private equity firms uh, invested together. It's it's very interesting that the press release doesn't include a dollar figure. Yeah, um, that's why I was. I've been looking, and I haven't seen a dollar figure anywhere that I can find. Yeah, which 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 suggests it's more of a sale than an investment. Okay. Um, um, no, they don't they don't quite use that language. Um, um, when, when private equity comes and puts its money in a company, they don't generally call it sale because there's more PR value in investment. Um, but it's it's you can imagine that with this investment, um, significant there was a significant change in the board of ISIMS. Yeah, uh, and, and I think great, it would be great if people were transparent about this stuff instead of instead of putting out press releases that you have to read the tea leaves on. Well, and and I think that's part of the conversation is you know is this is this good or is it bad or is there is it no i think you know we could probably take a look at what happened at ceridian and say you know in that type of an investment there they they re reworked the whole organization reworked the debt structure and then took them public right um so it's not i mean there's there's some i guess some expectation that when a uh part an equity partner sort of buys you that they're that they're buying you to put you out to pasture, right? And I don't think that's the case. It, and particularly probably not NISIMS, I would assume, is that the, this is an organization that has been continuously growing in the talent acquisition space. Here it sounds like they are planning to invest in helping them grow bigger, wouldn't you say? Or do you well, we don't well, know, I, but that seems like yeah, it. I I'm not sure that it's it's interesting that you say that that private equity buys companies to put them out to pasture. I, I, I don't um, that's not been my experience, right? Right. I, I've tended to see um, um, private equity get involved because they think there's more there than the existing team can deliver, right? So, so instead of instead of sort of it's over, we're going to milk the cash cow. It's much more about really big returns that come because you could bring private experience management that will do a better job ultimately than the, than the um, uh, team that's in place, right? So so you make a private equity investment because you see a large return coming because you think the investment can stimulate growth. Um, um, but at least that's, that's, that's what I've seen, but, but it, it, it would be an interesting strategy to, to buy companies that are sort of peaking and thin them down so that you can get the uh, the maximum return out of them. And um, I, 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 that would work. That would work. I've seen that done. Yeah, yeah we've definitely seen that 
seen that happen, right? And I think in other areas, where, you know, we saw where the investment in the product itself didn't, and there just wasn't as much investment and innovation because they were working on sort of sort of the efficiency and the cash component of it, right? Um, right. And uh, I think you know, we could probably look at some of the stuff going on with um, when Lawson's was picked up right back in the day. That was very similar to that. But that seems to be sort of an older model. And so maybe you're right. It seems like in the last couple of years, that seems to have changed a little bit. Um, and as we said, there's been a lot of examples now of organizations that have come out of private equity with, with some really exciting stories. So, so, yeah, I, yeah, so I, yeah. the thing here, Colin Day, who's the CEO at ISIMS, is just amazing. He's just amazing. He has done over and over and over again. He has done the impossible. There are not many people in in our industry who are as totally competent as he is. Um, and so, so it's it's really got to be the case that this is that this is a bet on a big future rather than a um, um, whatever. An end of the game sort of whimpering departure. Yeah, well, and I think that has a lot. You know, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is uh, how much of this depends on the sort of founder slash sort of CEO, the 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 passion of of the people who lead the organization. And as you said, that makes a huge difference um, if the people who were there and are passionate about it are still there. We also yeah. were seeing. Another one is Clear Company. So Clear Company, um, it, now they say they're the leading recruiting and talent management software. I'm not sure if leading uh, talent management might make sense. I don't know about on the recruiting side. I don't know them as well there. Um, but they help companies identify, hire, and engage players. Uh, but they're um, uh, getting a growth capital financing round of $60 million by Primus Capital. Um, they'll be deployed to support the company's strong growth and recently expanded partnership with ADP. So that was sort of interesting. Um, to, to, to sort of say you're recruiting and talent management software, and then you're focusing on a partnership with another organization that would also say they, they sort of play in that space, or at least in the talent management space. Um, so the focus here is on the partnership with ADP. Um, now, do you know Clear Company as well? I mean, they, I know them as a product, and I've seen their product. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid sort of talent management and recruiting product. But it seems here that their big focus is on the ADP relationship, which is an interesting thing to have that kind of a mention in, in an announcement like this. Well, I think so. So I've known the folks that became Clear Company. Um, I'm going to forget the name of the original company, but but it was I, I was there when there were three of them in a little office in Boston, um, <laughs> and 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 it's always been. Um, a powerhouse of focus and development, and um, um, it's amazing to see what they've done. Um, um, I don't understand the partnership with ADP, but ADP ADP is so big that they have an ecosystem of tremendously. You know, they have like seven hundred thousand customers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seven hundred. I mean, <laughs> you know that that in and of itself tells you something about how big the HR tech market is, because seven hundred thousand yeah. customers is only twenty five percent of payroll. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so the ADP uh, marketplace is almost infinite. It's almost infinite, and you can have 
many competing players working the the ADP customer base successfully. Right? It's not like it's not like a world where there are two or three or four thousand customers. This is our good friends at Ultimate Software and Workday um, have uh, what, 5% of the customer base? Yeah, of ADP? yeah 3 to 4,000 um, fees, yeah. Um, and, so, and so in their ecosystems, having one or two primary partners in a discipline is how you do it. <laughs> at ADP, it looks more like a riot after a soccer match. Um, <laughs> nice, <and> yeah. <laughs> right, right, and, and it's hyperproductive, but it's much because it's so big, um, you have to use chaos theory to understand what's going on there, right? It's a very complex, the, 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 the smaller uh, customer volumes, you can have a complicated system that works. And when you get to, when you get to scale like ADP, it's it's ruled by by the sciences of complexity and chaos. And, uh, and I think so, that with, within that, it's you know part of what they're creating is this idea of a of a highly connected ecosystem, right? Um, which is which is an interesting play on we're your single vendor versus we're your single vendor, and we have the largest marketplace, right? I mean, I think that's that's the play they're making to some extent, correct? Yep, yep. I, I think I think so. Although, although it's it's the ADP works in ways that are that are not um, um, quite as clear as um, as smaller players because um, they're doing so many things that 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 any number of them are sort of in conflict with each other if you look at it from the wrong perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, and so and so and so they 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 have a much more difficult marketing problem describing what they're doing over at ADP. But it's it's extremely cool the way that the way that it's worked in the past. I don't do not know if this is how it, it will work this time, and I don't really need to forecast that. But ADP does acquisitions by starting with partnerships, uh, and so and so one might read this as. Um, uh, a path for the clear company team to become a part of ADP. And, and that might be interesting because I think, you know, the, the one area that ADP hasn't invested in heavily up to this point has been the recruiting space. And from that perspective, that would, that would probably be an interesting um, conversation. But um, there would be some overlap in the talent management area. So, so I think, you know, there's, there's some uh, opportunities in a, in a couple of different ways here. You know, we're also, you know, this again is, you know, uh, the idea of, I think, expanding what your opportunities are in the market. Um, we're also seeing investments in um, not just recruiting areas, but in the sort of the engagement, if you want to call it, um, wellness, those kind of areas. So the one is the Chicago-based Perkspot. They said they're an HR technology platform that has secured $50 million in funding from, I'm not going to say the, the equity firm's name well, Susquehanna Growth Equity? I don't know. I, I probably butchered that name. But. Susquehanna. Susquehanna. That's, that's Sus the river. Susquehanna? Okay, that's better. <laughs> 
Um, so this one, you know, PerkSpot's focusing on really looking at the the idea of um, engagement and what organizations are doing in um, easy way for employers to support the financial wellness of their employees. So I've had a lot of conversations about financial wellness recently. Um, organizations that are investing heavily in helping their employees to think about financial wellness as part of the overall package. But $50 million seems like a, a large amount here for something like this, which is a little bit of a, a niche play. Um, but they feel that they can um, offer it as a benefit through employers. Employees can save an average of $2,300 each year on purchases big and small with exclusive discounts on brands such as Apple, Samsung, AMC Theaters, and Target. Employees are unable to stretch their pay dollars in a meaningful way. Um, the company was founded in Chicago. This is like, you know, it's financial wellness plus coupons almost, right? Or oh, 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 no, there's nothing in here about financial wellness. This is a discount coupon <laughs> program. The idea okay. that companies, the, the idea that employees save money by spending money um, is the opposite of financial wellness. It's the opposite of financial wellness. The, 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 wellness, the wellness stuff in this play is bullshit. Um, this is discount coupon book. Um, <laughs> and to call it wellness, you know, they all do. They all do. Gee, if you buy a new TV, we can save you 200 bucks. Um, and gee, if you don't buy the new TV, you can save 400 bucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, that's the dynamic that we're talking about here. And so, so, so the marriage of discount coupons and financial wellness is the worst kind of um, sort of like health and wellness and restaurant <laughs> coupons for fast food. Is that kind of what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our health and wellness program gets you a permanent discount at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, not that you can't find, well, you can't find a healthy meal at McDonald's. I take that back. <laughs> But they're trying. <laughs> but okay, so, so, so that's a that's a good point. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so let's 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 go on to the other great one, the universal recognition token. This is this the, <laughs> blockchain for recognition programs. Blockchain well, it's a new way of using blockchain, right? <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. And I think the basic idea is that um, um, if you get recognized in one company, you can carry it over to the other company. And at the very same time, if it's a gift card that you got, you can auction it off. Yes. Is that, is that right? That seems to be what this is about. Yes. They are, they are, they, they say they, they are trying to address the issue that companies spend millions of dollars on um, the, the, the reward programs, which are sometimes products slash gift cards, right, that never get utilized, um, particularly the gift cards. They never get 
picked up or used or anything with them, right? And then slash someone gets a product that ends up, as they put it, taking up room in the garage. <laughs> so their idea is that you can shift all of that over to this blockchain-specific universal reward program and auction it off or hold it for future accumulated use. That is, that so, is what they're proposing. So, so wouldn't that mean that the existing gift card companies, like the, the uh, achievers by a gift card, yeah. um, and so, so in order for this to work, the gift card company that owns achievers would have to participate. They'd have to agree that that their cards could be run through this blockchain system. Yeah. Because I, because redemption, I think, redemption yeah. is yeah yeah and so so those companies nobody likes to say this but those companies depend on the gift cards not being redeemed for their profitability and they are not interested it's like it's like it's like if you developed a tool that increased the likelihood that people would go to the gym on their gym membership no gym in the world would join because they're all <laughs> built on the idea that people don't go to the gym. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what this is like. Well, okay. Universal recognition token. I, I would I would be willing to bet actual money that this won't work. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to call this. We we talked about this before the show. This is Snarky Thursday. This is Snarky Thursday, definitely. Yeah, we, we're we're. I mean, it's an it's an interesting concept of of sort of a central location for a rewards conversation, but I I think you are correct. There is there will be some some roadblocks to this. Now now you know we've seen other examples of this in how people will have you know like you get points for on your your credit card or points in a you know in in a magazine, all those type of things, right, that you can use. And I think this is sort of like people are kind of, um, I could be wrong on this, but maybe you don't need the buy-in of those reward companies to do this. Like if you take that reward, then you sort of um, use this organization to certify that you have it. So they give you some tokens for it, but when you sell it, you're still using it. That sounds like a very long, convoluted explanation, but the idea, I think the reason they're trying to do this with blockchain is that maybe they're trying to circumvent that we have to have the companies stay in this and that they're basically just, you're using it, but you're basically auctioning it off for less than its value. That would be my take to some extent, right? <laughs> so, so if it's eBay for yeah. um, gift cards, that's kind of what I'm thinking it might be, but I could be wrong there, yeah. Then you couldn't have the employers involved either, right? Because, yeah. because the whole idea of a rewards and recognition program is that it improves retention. Um, and if you make the rewards and recognition gift cards liquid um, and you can use them anywhere, then it, then it directly assaults the retention benefit. I would think so, uh, yes. But... but... But their focus is that well, if if it's not getting used, you should know that, right? Or or you should be aware. Or if it <laughs> this will improve engagement because people can use it in any way they want to. That's kind of what they're saying here. Well, I don't you, you agree know what? with that. But you know, um, um, I, I'd say crazier things have happened, but it's not true. 
Oh. Yeah. This one I think will go down in history as as, as one of the one of the um, more interesting conversations about calling themselves an HR technology firm. Um, This could be this could be the sock puppet of the blockchain bubble. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And and knowing our luck, John, this company will take off and just boom, we'll all be in awe of it, right? But uh, no, this this one. I have been very wrong before. I have been very, very wrong before. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I will have to say, though, as much as you've been wrong, you must have been right, because many of the times that we're talking about these companies that uh, are on the radio show, you talk about when you knew them when, as in Clear Company, the three people in a room. It always amazes me um, the history of the amount of uh, new investment um, organizations that you seem to have been involved in the early stages of. So. Um, I think I think you can say that your pr- track record is probably on the better side rather than on the not. <laughs> so we have run through our half hour. We have definitely been a little bit snarkier than usual today. <laughs> but hey, it's getting up to, to HR tech season. Both me and you are a little bit uh, wired from from writing nonstop and analyzing data. Um, so I, I'm sure they'll they'll get a little bit more uh, slap happy conversations from us as we head into the. Uh, the lack of sleep season that is the HR technology uh, fall. You, you never know. We may have found, finally found the formula that will explode the audience. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Listen to John and Stacey for the snarkiest comments possible on what's going on in HR technology. I, that, that might be it, yeah. <laughs> so just stay tuned till next week. See what they'll say next. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you next week. Um, I think that's about all we have time for today, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, as usual, for doing this, Stacey. It was a good one. Um, yeah, and yeah. thanks for listening to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harrison Jones. So, sure. um, we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye.